Welcome to the San Diego News Fix. I'm Christy Todd. PFAS are a group of 9,000 highly toxic chemicals. They're found in processed food, hair products, cookware, and more. They're also present in two-thirds of public drinking water and 97% of human blood samples. George Jurassic is a professor emeritus of geophysics at San Diego State University, and he's also a member of the San Diego Veterans for Peace group. He and his colleague Gary Butterfield recently wrote a commentary for the UT about PFAS in San Diego. George, thank you for being here. First off, what does PFA stand for, PFA being PFA, and what exactly is it? Well, it's kind of an, a tongue twister. It's pure PER or polyfluoroalkyl substances. So the S is substances. And that has to be a particular, uh, to be able to, to be a PFAS, which is what everyone calls them, instead of that long list of, uh, of their names, uh, they have to have had a fluorine and carbon complete uh, molecule, and they can have many, many molecules, but carbon and fluorine are absolutely required. Interesting. And so I read in your piece, uh, these were based on the invention of Teflon, which we know from nonstick cookware, uh, which is not necessarily dangerous, but these are. Why, why is that? Well, they're dangerous because they get into our bloodstreams. And they cause just all kinds of problems, including uh, cancers, various toxicities. They uh, are involved with reproductive organs. And we've even found that they affect the, uh, the COVID vaccines now. Wow. How, how long have we known that PFAS are a problem? Well, that probably happened after the Second World War, definitely into the 50s. Uh, as you, I think, mentioned, uh, PFAS have been around since 1938, and they're man-made. And they were used during, this, uh, during the um, Second World War at the Manhattan Project. And then afterwards, the person from DuPont, who, uh, who actually manufactured them himself, decided to call them this Teflon. And so Teflon's been around since the 50s, at least uh, commercially. But before that, it was actually used during the Second World War. So, I mean, I, am I correct in saying that Teflon is not dangerous? It is just this, these spin-off chemicals? That's correct. I mean, if you were able to use your Teflon-coated pan without ever scratching or getting any of that uh, coating into your bloodstream, you'd be fine. So uh, it's the scratching and then the removal into your bloodstream where it's going to stay on for many, many years. So you wrote about PFAS here in San Diego, and the focus of your essay was really the presence of them near military airports and even the San Diego International Airport. Why are they commonly found near airports? Well, there's a particular uh, firefighting foam that's used to train people and to be used during aviation fires. And that particular foam is is its basis is PFAS. The PFAS literally smother the fire. So that's why mainly you find it around military installations. And we have uh, nine different sites here in San Diego that are suspected and some we know have PFAS. Uh, will, will you talk more about that? Where do we know they're present and, and where are they suspected to be? 
Well, uh, the initial studies have been finished except at one place that I'm aware of. So we know that there are the military bases. And uh, when we talk about the, the uh, international airport, there is an auxiliary aspect of that that's a Navy auxiliary where that uh, firefighting foam was used. Uh, there's a place in Point Loma, there's uh, North Island, uh, uh, you know, and, and Coronado. There is a main military base of the Navy San Diego, which is, we often call it 32nd Street. Uh, there's a place down in uh, uh, Imperial Beach. And then there are a couple of sites up around Old Town, one of which I'm very concerned about because it's a site that we're going to be developing, hopefully, for our uh, uh, transportation hub. Is it dangerous to be in these areas merely to walk around? Well, it, it could be because the PFAS are in dust. So they're in soil. So if the soil's kicked up, yes. The biggest, uh, I guess you would say, contamination that we're, uh, we worry about is, um, is drinking water. But uh, there are various clothing and others that are covered with this. Uh, literally, uh, gentle, uh, gentle, dental floss <laughs> has PFAS, some dental floss too. So there's a number of ways that you can, you can uh, be exposed to PFAS. Uh, I should say, if you're concerned or if your listeners are aware, there's a group called the Environmental Working Group, EWG. They would be the best source of where you can find PFAS that are, that are covering, you know, uh, pizzas when you buy them or McDonald's hamburgers and things of that sort. So they have a list of all sorts of things that you should avoid. So... That being said, how is this regulated? I mean, if it is so toxic, why is it allowed in things like dental floss? Well, the cosmetic industry has not been that good about it. In fact, if I can find it here, there was an article on the cosmetics of PFAS in the Union Tribune. I'm, I'm actually holding the page here because I saved it. It's from Tuesday, August 24th, 2021. It talks about PFAS in all sorts of cosmetics, including shampoos, uh, uh, just, uh, washes that you might have, lipsticks, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it's pretty scary when you start looking at all the possible things that we're in touch with that are involved with PFAS. They call them forever chemicals, but they're not only forever, they're everywhere. So in the case of the San Diego sites, I mean, can they be cleaned up? What's the best possible scenario? Well, that's an, that's an interesting question because some of these sites are thought to be sites that'll take 30 plus years to clean up. Literally 30 plus, and they always put a plus after that. So how do you clean up a, a groundwater under the airport? That's a large, that's a large effort. Uh, and that really hasn't been done. Uh, th there is no way to do that exactly to clean it up in the proper sense. Uh, if you find a water well that's there, you close it down or you mix it with cleaner water. They call it blending it. That's another way to do it. Or you can also um, 
to go through different kinds of filtering. There are different filters that can be used, like Orange County now is going to be using carbon granulated filters on all their water wells. And that's going to call the cause, cost them hundreds of millions of dollars initially. And then the estimate is to be over a billion dollars eventually. Well, in the meantime, knowing that these things are all around us and many of the products we use, whether we know it or not, what can we do to protect ourselves? Well, I'd like to see two things right now. One is that the various agencies that we have locally, and they're top, top agencies, and I could name them for you, but I think they ought to have uh, open forum uh, for uh, uh, communication with with citizens. I I think that's very, very important to to have information out there on what it it is and what you can do for, uh, you know, to reduce the uh, exposure and what what the plans are for the future. So I'd like to see that kind of community uh, exchange it, beyond that, I, I would literally go to the EWG's website and look at this. They'll have lists of various items, specific items, and specific companies, by the way, who manufacture those items. That should be um, that you should avoid everything from you know carpets, carpets that have been uh, covered with PFAS to jackets to shoes to foods to. Uh, various ways of, uh, you know, covering things such as food, uh, delivery foods, et cetera, et cetera. I think everyone should get in touch with their representatives, their elected representatives, whether they be local, uh, Sacramento, or in Washington. They mostly know about it. We've, We've been in correspondence with them. But something should be done, and it hopefully will be on uh, various levels all the way through the Congress. Uh, you'll hear, you'll be hearing a lot about PFAS, but you, with your voice, can make a difference. Okay. Well, you and your co-author, Gary Butterfield, are both members of San Diego Veterans for Peace. Why are PFAS um, an issue for your group? Well, you, you hit on it earlier when you asked about the military. We're concerned about everything in the military. I was a, uh, in the Navy when I was a teenager. And... Uh, we, you know, right now, the Department of Defense at DOD has identified 700 sites in the United States, including uh, actually some in Guam, that are suspected or know or, or do know that they have PFAS in, in the groundwater or in some ways that are threatening uh, the health of, uh, of, of the neighbors uh, in, in those, uh, at those uh, military bases. But also, of course, the the veteran, the the uh, active people who are there on the military. George, is there anything else you would like to add about this issue? I'm concerned about it. I'm a physicist by background, and uh, Stephen Hawking, who's probably well known to people, has said that there were three ways in which we may not be around for a thousand years, less than a thousand years: nuclear Armageddon. Uh, runaway uh, climate change, an asteroid impact, and I would I would say a fourth, PFAS.